Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, and in honor of International Women's Day this week, I am joined by a very special co-host, all the way from the international land of Canada, Andy is my co-host this week. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. I am international and I love women. We're almost there. It's it's the spirit of the holiday more than the letter of the holiday. In true Purple Rock fashion, um, our attempts to do anything for uh, International Women's Day were met with um, laziness and screwing things up. Shrugs. Because uh, we actually did have plans, and then they conflicted, and none of us communicated with each other well. And uh, yeah, you're listening to us th- again, just us. And frankly, you know what? International Women's Day has gotten a little commercial over the years. Let's. Uh, we sh- I-, I find it best if you just kind of celebrate it in your own way with your own traditions. Yeah, let's bring it back to its roots by listening to two guys talk about Survivor. And let's talk about an episode of Survivor in which a woman go went home. <gasps> At her first tribal council, no less. What a surprise. That never happens. In fact, it was a surprise, though. It was. It was an actual hashtag blindside. Yes. Uh, well, at least one of them in this episode was. Uh, yes. How'd you feel about this episode? Freaking great. Yeah. If this, this probably tops all but one episode from last season, which is very sad, because this is episode three. Yeah, no, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I do think some people might be going overboard, um, not necessarily in the praise of the episode, because, yeah, it was fun, really good, especially early season. I think a lot of people were like, this is what you get, a bunch of great players. And it's like, let's let's hold on for a second there. Right. Because I don't know if we actually saw a lot of great players this episode. We certainly saw one, maybe a few, but we also saw them preying upon a lot of mistakes and frankly that leads to entertainment so i'm good with that yeah and i think it's probably helping that the bar was lowered so far last season that by comparison it seems like we're dealing with a bunch of survivor savants when really there were you know as you said a few people here and there that did pretty well god we're so thirsty we are uh but yeah i mean i I dug it I'm, i'm excited about the episode i'm excited about the season uh Hey, look at that. Survivor's cool, isn't it? Someone actually went with the plurality vote plan. Were you, were you overjoyed to hear that plan floated? Uh, yes. I mean, if people are going to hand you enough votes, then it's enough votes. Uh, and, you know, as much as it seems like that should be a no-brainer, apparently it isn't because a lot of no-brain people in Survivor past couldn't figure it out. They'd be just, no, we can't do it unless we have one more vote than the others. And frankly, uh, you also get uh, other people who would be like, I have one more vote than the other people, so what could go wrong? And we'll talk about that <laughs> later. But uh, no, I loved the move by James. We'll, we'll credit to James because the episode did and we have no reason to believe otherwise. There, obviously, he had help. Uh, but I loved it. And it wasn't just that, you know, he took his, uh, minority position and won a plurality, as you say, uh, every decision he made, I fully support. And I'm looking forward to breaking it all down. Yeah. As I said, if you think back to last season, there was one impressive move that was quickly undone. It was, it was like week 10, something like this week too. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm joining the crowd and being excited that there might actually be some survivor players here, which it, it doesn't take much. I just give me a glimmer of hope. And I think that this episode did, but I don't want to throw too much water on it. 
frankly, it only takes a handful of good players. Right. Uh, you know, Frank, sometimes maybe if there's too many, it might not end up in good play because they just knock each other out. Um, so yeah, I mean, James getting to do what he did because he was faced with, you know, the Keystone cops of the former, um, Navidi tribe. Um, yeah, to, to exploit, do the thing, man. Mm-hmm. So he gets there onto this, and once the merge happens, and it's, uh, you know, James, Donathan, he was on this episode, right? Kind of, maybe? Barely. Um, Libby and Laurel, it seems like they should be down, but immediately, the d- measuring contest of Chris and Dominic will not let up. I love that it persists. Like, all they have to do is just, you know, they had tried. They had at least formed the, like, faux cordial relationship yeah, the relationship of the fake idol yes that suggested oh okay we'll at least pretend to be aligned and they immediately both drop the act once they get into this new tribe and i'll say i okay with the idea of not just sticking to your original alliance once a, a swap happens especially a swap this early yep. uh, you know that maybe you weren't in an ideal situation you find something new but the way both sides of the Navidi uh, divide approach this was just dumb uh, you know because it it's like if you want to form a new alliance because you have a new swap, it's tough to do if you end up going to tribal council on day three. But obviously, once they were starting their plans in motion, they weren't banking on the fact that they were going to tribal council. Um, what you can't do, though, is form a new alliance in which you are no longer in a majority position. <laughs> and that's what both of them seemed really excited to do. It was like a race to take that position, too. Yeah. Like, let me put myself on the bottom of an alliance right now. <laughs> like, as bad as it was in Token Teens, when Coach's group just kept vying for the attention and affection of JT <laughs> and his crew, they still had more people at that time when they were doing it. Whereas, yeah, it's like Chris and Angela and four other people. Or it's uh, Dominic, uh, Wendell, and uh, the other one, the one that went home, Morgan. And four other people. It's like, what's the plan here? I was going to point out that it felt very Token Teens-esque because, like, the focus immediately shifts from getting rid of the obvious minority alliance within your group because everyone is so eager to take out someone from their own side instead that they're just blinded by the numbers in front of them. Just like, no, 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 it'll all work out. I really need to get rid of this person. Yeah, and it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, this is uh, the sort of thing we were hoping for uh, when you and I were both heavily invested in Chris Noble as a as a character. Maybe yes. not even the character as a as a position in this game as a as a thing to which maneuver is that his ego would lead to something and it led to this what led to what should have actually been a really boring and probably feeling a little unfair like most swaps do episode because both both tribes ended up with a majority Navidi, you know the benefit they get from winning the first two uh, challenges but you know it Felt like it was just going to be obvious. But no, 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 no. Chris Noble isn't going to let this happen. Chris Noble is going to change the way this is going to be played. And lucky for us, he has a willing antagonist on the other side. And it all blew up deliciously. Chris Noble is a take charge kind of guy. And he's going to take charge of this situation. He's going to take this five to four majority and drive it into the ground. And what's wonderful about Chris Noble is when he's, um, yeah, recruiting 
four other people. Like, if you really want to do this, like, get a couple, man. You don't need all four. Can I join your alliance? But he actually really, uh, truly believes in, in his heart of hearts um, that despite that the fact that he's bringing four people in, he will easily be the head of this new six. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love that about him. <laughs> it's It's the whole reason we're excited to watch him. And the whole reason why it's going to be so fantastic when it finally all comes crashing to an end. And it's already started. And, you know, in some ways it's unfair that we are beginning this discussion uh, of what was a fantastic move by talking about the people that lost, the idiots. But that's why they're, they're, the, they're the necessary ingredient. James wouldn't have gotten a chance to do all that he did if it weren't for, you know... Chris and Dominic not being able to put their hold for like five minutes. And that's why we knew we would love Chris Noble. He has already delivered. He has delivered us an exciting episode due to his own ego. Yeah, but there's also the point that we bring up all the time, which is that luck matters a lot in this game. Like James could have had the best plan in the world, but it doesn't work unless you have a Chris Noble and a Dominic willing to destroy their actual numbers advantage yeah and the flip side is that is you, you luck could hand you that and you might not do it right you might mess it up and we've seen it properly there's actually even another situation there where luck could have screwed you because oh yeah. when they went to draw the rock it might have been you know chris or dom's side didn't even lose a person you could have gone down to three on the opposing alliance yeah or you know People on the Malolo tribe could have just rolled over because they don't want to rock the boat to the majority and not force the rock draw in the first place. So, no, right. but, but yeah, so absolutely there was luck. Although, as the way it was playing out, I kind of feel like uh, the former Malolos on Navidi wouldn't have been in trouble even if one of them went home or mm-hmm. went to exile. Even if they did not have, they wouldn't have been able to do what they did tonight. But, you know, it probably would have been Chris or Dominic going home. Um <laughs> Which is amazing. Uh, yep. but you know, let's get into what James did because, um, yeah, one, when handed the golden opportunity of two people vying for all of their attention, um, he figured out the best way to maximize this. So not only did they get to send one of them home while none of them were in trouble, as I said, it kind of felt like the other tribe was just handing them that opportunity. I really, truly believe that he not only chose the exact right person, but kept uh, the imbalance in such a way that they'll get to ride this thing out. Yeah, I think that was the key, is that he picked the right target, because it still leaves intact that rivalry between Chris and Dom. So you can continue to exploit it uh, just so they don't then flip back to a four, four thing once. Well, I guess there's always going to be someone at ghost Island, but, but it could be four, three in that scenario. Exactly. So just, it helps to have that contingent fighting against each other. So you've at least gotten in somewhere. No, no matter which side you end up choosing, You've got that. So you can't get rid of Chris or Dom because you need them there to fight against each other. Um, Angela as Chris's proxy, nah, a little too risky. Morgan was the right call. Yeah, and also, uh, if you take out Angela, then you're really just maintaining what that three wanted. Now that yeah. three is two, and it's two on each side. Uh, yeah, the math is pretty simple on this. And yeah, there's some people, uh, and more than one person, there's a, there was a strong contingent of people who believed that the move was to go after Dominic. 
And the reason why is that Dominic has an idol and James suspects he has an idol. And I love that the reason why James suspects he has an idol is because Dominic showed him his fake idol. Well, (laughs) why would you not show him the fake idol? Because, (laughs) as you know, and we have hammered relentlessly on this show, fake idols never fail. What about them fake idols, though? They remain undefeated. Oh, God. I mean, I have it in a segment, and we really haven't gotten to that, but we can cover it really quick, because there really isn't that much more to say about what he did this week, except that it just underscores how brilliant his move was last week, that um he had to show four near strangers his fake idol just to undo the damage that he did by creating it in the first place. Um, yep. and, and it didn't even work! I was going to say, and it should be noted, exact same result as when he showed the fake idol to Chris Noble. Which, uh, circling back, is a uh, reason why Dominic is not your target. Now, I think the main reason why Dominic is not your target is that you want the tension between Chris and Dominic to remain. Yes. Because it's the whole reason why the former Malolos were able to seize control in the first place. You can shear a sheep only once, I believe is the phrase. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just keep going back to that well until you do have a dominant position. And frankly, I'd be cool keeping them to the merge. Because if they team up on the other side, what's to stop them from still just handing you the game? Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so the, the, the correct target was indeed Morgan. And there was the added bonus that Morgan and Libby had started forming a kind of relationship. And, you know, you don't want the possibility of, of someone straying from your group. So, yeah take out morgan now yeah you nip that in the bud but um like oh so people think that you should take out dominic because he has an idol but the reason why he's an idol is why you also don't vote for him and frankly it's the reason why james didn't want to vote for him we know this because james said it in the episode Mm -hmm. um because you never know it's a wild card and the easiest way to beat an idol and we saw this in a season called fiji which is the place they are in currently that you just vote for the person they're least likely to play an idol for. Morgan is a safe bet. I can say that because uh, it was true. Whereas, yeah, some people have posited this, and I think there's a part to it, that if they're lying to you about Angela, then maybe they're putting the target on somebody else, and then he can play the idol for her. You don't know if they're lying to you or not, because you have never been to tribal council before. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a um, Dominic seems like the kind of person who will be lying to you, uh, largely because he's lying to you. Mm-hmm. And um, B, um, it's weird that they were just giving you all of this in the first place. You should be suspect that it's like, where, really? You're just going to throw one of your numbers under the bus? Like, I maybe even understood it a bit when it was beef between the two of you, but uh, maybe just not do what you were going to say. And the other thing is, Dominic's idol really isn't that dangerous yet. There's like, what? 13 other tribal councils before he can, you know, well, absolutely has to play it. And he is not a convincing liar or proven any ability to trick anyone. Right. If anything, he keeps undermining his own immunity idol. So it's probably not a terrible idea to keep him around. Frankly, if you had to pick somebody that wasn't in your tribe to have the idol, Dominic's a pretty good person. Because what's important to remember is you don't actually get rid of the idol. You get rid of the idol holder. Uh, the idol goes back in play. And yep. I would rather it be in Dominic's hands than, say, in Wendell's hands. Right. And at least, at the very least, you know where it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, 
ideally it would end up in your own hands and that's a benefit sure. of getting rid of somebody. But yeah, it's like if you know, and they don't know for sure if Dominic has it, they have a hunch that he might have it. Yeah, that's just information you get to play with. And then people are like, well, now they can't go after him. Now he's uh, dangerous. Yeah, 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 cool. Don't go after him. Keep Dominic around, man. He's also good in the camp. He builds things. So, yeah, let him do his thing. He's not really a threat currently. And honestly, if you really want that idol out of Dominic's hands, just have your group start talking to Chris Noble a lot. Dominic gets paranoid. He plays his idol. There it's gone. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, kind of gets into a bit of my prediction, but more, this is theorizing what they should do next, because people are like, how do they get Dominic out next? And my answer would be, uh, you don't, you, you absolutely right. don't. Uh, what you do that's not the goal. is, yeah, uh, Chris is, should be all like, okay, well, you didn't get rid of Dominic, but clearly, you know, you guys are still on my side. And then Dominic will feel like Chris is, uh, you know, you're voting with Chris. You're clearly coming after me. Dominic plays his idol and you vote out Angela. The last person he's going to play it for. And you just keep pegging off on both sides while you get to control the middle. So, no, James played it perfectly. And to your point, getting rid of Libby's potential alliance partner that isn't you is a beneficial move. So, while I think this was a great move for James, I understand why Libby wasn't so interested in doing it. And I'm not sure it was the best move for Libby. It is and it isn't. I I don't know that I would invest too much in a relationship with Jenna that you just met three days ago. I I think there was probably something there. They they probably did have something they could work with. But, and I say this with reservation, because obviously I, I dislike Libby because of her politics. But I said even before the season that I expect that she'll probably do fairly well in this game just because she's got that kind of like, bless his heart, style southern Mm -hmm. sweetness where you like think she's probably really nice but nah that's just a veneer and it's going to suck enough people in that she'll be trusted people will think she's nice they'll think they can work with her i think she'll do okay going on whether she has someone like jenna or not Ultimately, if the other three uh, of her former tribe and current tribe were pushing for it, absolutely. If you don't, you don't fight to keep it. But I get like it would have been much better for her to get rid of, you know, Wendell, mm-hmm. or uh, in the same way that is good for James to get rid of, you know. Um, you know, well, there's never mind. I should not make the joke that it would have been good for her to get rid of Wendell for other reasons. No. <laughs> Clearly, you did. We'll see if it's in tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like it was the right move to go with the people that she had already uh, established trust with, especially because she was in a good position in the former Malolo tribe. Uh, but yeah, I, I understand why she would want to maintain that potential out with keeping Morgan in the game, because if things don't work out for you, uh, I think Libby is the kind of person who probably could have glommed on to the bigger original Niviti alliance and hope to be around when it starts to attack each other. Which is not a bad bet, given everything you've experienced so far. Um, so I, I actually was, um, you know, as we I, earlier, I was like, you know, let's not say too many people played a good game. James made a great move, and I think Libby was also impressive this episode. Yeah, Libby it, at the very least did fine. And I just realized that I referred to Morgan as Jenna earlier. Yes, he did. Great job, me. <laughs> uh, it's it's week three. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of t- started talking about this, but I really do think we need to underline it, that this was so badly played, not only by Chris Noble and Dominic, what was the plan for Morgan and Wendell? What was the <laughs> next move? Um, 
I don't know. I guess you're thinking, ah, let's just ride this train and see where it takes us. I mean, maybe your thought is that this can only go on for a couple votes and then there's going to be some kind of merge or other swap or something like that later on. I'm not really sure why they'd be quite so willing to participate in this. And, like, again, getting rid of Chris is one thing. Maybe it's just so toxic. Again, I would try to hold off a vote for that. But maybe, you know, you feel like he's coming after you. you got to come after him. you got to outmaneuver him. But then when he's off and it's like, Angela's like, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. And they're like, nah, screw that chick. Uh, we'll get her to vote for Libby. So it wasn't even like they were worried that she was teaming up with the other side. <laughs> I was like, we'll get her to throw a vote to Libby. And then let's get her. It's like, okay, cool. So you got rid of Angela. Chris comes back. What's the next move? It's three you for them. And again, like if it was just like Morgan, uh, bringing Libby in, you know, so they can, so she can replace, uh, you know, uh, Chris Noble or Angela. Oh, okay. I mean, again, I still wouldn't have been that hot to get rid of Angela at that point. Um, but no, there was bringing all four in. Yeah, you're actually underselling it here. It it would be three of you and five of them. Plus, let's just say, roll of the dice, right? You end up, one of your three ends up on uh, Ghost Island. Okay, now you're down to two people. Are you comfortable as Morgan and Wendell being one of those two people? Because you know you're the target then. One of you will be the target. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, if you're Wendell, Morgan, or Dominic in this situation. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, it's just like they weren't... I don't know what success was for them in this move, <laughs> other than we don't like these other people. And it's like, again, none of this seemed to be predicated on the belief that Angela wasn't with them for that vote. It was that she wasn't going to be with them for the long haul. Cool. Right. Worry about the law later. Win now, man. Take down one of those people, and then already you're in a better position. At least it would be kind of 3-3, other than, you know, the possible future um, implications of Ghost Island. Yeah, the Ghost Island thing does mess with your math on some of these things, just because you can have a majority that suddenly turns into a tie. Yeah, and um, let's talk about that, because on the other side of the aisle... Um, that other, the, the other Navidis were also a disaster. <laughs> yeah. They, it wasn't a great showing for that tribe this episode. Now, I mean, some of it seems to be heavily edit based. And I sure. think that probably is, um, going to be a result of future results, but they were, um, at least more than once acting pretty smug about their overwhelming majority of five to four. And, like, they've been there. They know what happens. Somebody goes to Ghost Island that doesn't go to Tribal Council. And when put on the spot, they were able to quickly calculate that, oh, yeah, the person we send on the other side will not get to vote, which is more mm -hmm. important in this scenario than being immune. Uh, but they were acting like this five to four majority was unbeatable. Unbreakable. They lied, damn it. Uh, yeah, the, and I like how Kellen, social queen, smoothed it out, though, with the minority alliance by saying, law, we're going to vote you out. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so this is a question I wrote, and it's, uh, you know, obvious, but man, is our audience giving her way too much credit. 
And, you know, I love you nerds, but come on. That was actually awful. It was like she was actually making social connections to people reaching out, not to, like, pull her into their group, but just be like, hey, maybe, like, we'll be cool. Uh, you know, just, like, kind of maybe looking out for themselves, or at least their the duo of uh, Stephanie and Jenna. And she's just like, oh, man, I really like you guys, but you're doomed. And I read people out there be like, well, that's better than leading them on. No! No, no, no! Leading them on is the thing to do! Because you never know when you're leading them on might come in handy later because they're still in the game. And what are you worried that they're not going to get their final jury vote? You're planning on voting them out before they get there! You lead them on because there are so many ways this go wrong for you. And in this very episode, we saw two of them. One right. of them, I understand as, you know, it might take a while for your mind to get around it. Although I got to say, if I was there, I think my mind would be there because what else do I have to think about is that, yeah, that five to four majority can go four, four real f- quick. And yep. the other reason is there's idols. Idols are a thing. Idols. Yeah. And I mean, you. You got to see after the challenge the mechanism for determining who's going to get sent to Ghost Island if you can't get a unanimous pick. And let's be clear, you're probably not going to get a unanimous pick anymore. Yeah, and I suppose that's one place where we should give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they don't know that yet. I kind of feel like they would have, though. Survivor actually does explain a lot of rules, but except when they don't, except when they want to throw it in. So maybe they just assume that the five of them would always get to pick, and then the five people on the other side would get to pick. And if that's the case, I mean, okay, but again, we see how that could go apart because there wasn't going to be five on the other side. The other people just voted were, were dying to get rid of their five to four advantage. So again, one vote isn't a super unbreakable majority, so maybe you should make the new people of your tribe feel comfortable. Yeah, the only thing that Kellen didn't manage to do was give the confessional after that that little speech to the Minority Alliance where she says, I think I'm rocking the social game. You know, get that Chrissy or Ryan-esque speech where she really confirms for us that she understands social dynamics. Yeah, and yeah, so that was poorly played by her. Uh, but it was poorly played by all of them. Like, how about that Bradley kid? He's kind of a twerp, huh? <laughs> well... I, I like that he, you know, has to make his throwaway comment about the shelter or the beach or whatever, just so Brendan can get all Gen X and be like, oh, kids these days. I'm surprised, like, the participation trophy thing didn't come up. But what I love most about that moment is it's like, it's not about game. It's not like nothing. Like, Chris isn't trying to work you over or anything. He's just like two people sitting there and, or I mean, not Chris, sorry, um, Brendan is just having a human moment with a guy of just enjoying nature. And he's just like, man, I'll never get tired of that. And then this guy, this Bradley, this is like, yeah, maybe not, uh, maybe over at the other camp, but not in this dump. Like, who, who does that? I don't know, man. Nature is overrated on this side of the beach. Yeah, sunsets, I guess, are cool. But over here, man, that sucked. There's dirt here. Oh man, it was, it was amazingly bad. And I mean, obviously this is something that could be very much edit driven. Maybe like sure. the two or three times he complained all made the edit because of reasons. Uh, but it wasn't completely invented because the other side was talking about it too. Like, man, all these guys do were complain. And along with the, the, the genius social engineering of, uh, making it 
completely obvious that it's just us five versus those four. So apparently they weren't all that interested in like, hey, where's those other four going right now? Yeah, they weren't even all that in tune with trying to pretend there was harmony and potential for togetherness. Yeah, and that's just really bad survivor play. Like, fake it. Yes, fake it. Hey, it's us, man. We're together. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's great to meet you. And then you can pull off his side and it's like, man, this place is a dump and these guys had tools. But like, you don't do it just there. And what I love is that Bradley in his preseason uh, was talking about how his biggest challenge is like talking to people that aren't as smart as him. And what it made me think while I was seeing that of like this, yeah, maybe you're not so smart after all, buddy. Um, at least not good in what we like to call them social skills. Is, and I have no data, I'm not going to do any research to do this, but a theory. And that almost always in somebody's little preseason when they talk about their flaws in the game, I bet you can expect to see those flaws come out. So if Bradley's out there like, oh, I'm going to really struggle not, you know, insulting people that are dumb, uh, he's going to insult people that he feels are dumb, which is everybody but him. Uh, if Michaela talks about how she can never, you know, keep what she's feeling off of her face, she's not going to do it. If Jacob says that, uh, I have problems, uh, uh, uh adjusting socially. Yeah, we're going to see that. And the good things they say about themselves, we may never see, but if somebody talks about that flaw, that flaw is coming out on survivor. <laughs> it's a decent theory. Again, I'm also too lazy to do the research on it, but let's go with maybe it could work. Uh, I did want to point out, though, that in the preseason preview, I did say I got the vibe that Bradley's actually not smart, but is pretty convinced that he is. Yeah. And, like, he's Spencer's understudy, right? Yes. So, you know, famously, Probst was like, oh, man, this guy, he has 0% chance to win. And just thought that, like, yeah, Spencer was just, like, arrogant to a fault. Um was Bradley not as arrogant to a fault, so he wasn't good enough in that respect? Or was he worse? <laughs> it's like, man, this guy will just turn off viewers. And uh so I, I, I was just baffled by that. And it very quickly and efficiently, and I'm guessing um intentionally, made me hate that other side. Made the hate that five and yeah, really cheer for the uh minority four. Uh getting back to Kellen, because you know Everybody's not happy with us by just suggesting that maybe possibly you shouldn't just tell four people they got no shot and they should do everything they can to um, fight you on that. Um, I mean, she deserves some credit. She's really been good at the challenges so far. She is. I. She has been volunteering to do all the puzzles. She's been doing really well um, despite her social skills. Her puzzle skill is at least making her valuable. Uh, I mean... I thought she would be more awkward than she is. Uh, she hasn't, it hasn't been at least as over the top as I might have expected. Um, but the other thing is her puzzle skill is part of what's keeping her out of tribal council. So we don't necessarily know how well she's integrating with people because she's so good at puzzles. She keeps herself away from tribal council. Yeah, and I'll allow that. I think she probably got along with the former Navidi pretty well. They seem to be laughing with her while she's doing her little cute dances or whatever. Uh, but, and, I mean, Jenna and Stephanie felt like they were connecting with her to some degree. Now, maybe they were trying her because she seemed like the easier one to pick off, or maybe it's because, uh, the other two, uh, women aren't really on Survivor. But, um, 
So, uh, again, those are good. It was just really foolish what she did. But the flip side of, you know, people are being like, oh, man, Kellen is just killing it this season. She's the star so far. She's my you know, one of the odds-on favorite to win. Really? We're going about challenges. Challenges. Really? Challenges? We're talking about challenges? Challenges. That's what we're talking about on this Survivor podcast. We're talking about challenges? Oh, you know what? I think it's people are so hungry for a new Chrissy. Because everyone was such big Chrissy fans that they're just, they see that in Kellen and they need it. She's doing the best out there because she's great at challenges. Man, anybody doing that really better not have any LOL Aussie type posts anywhere in their back. <laughs> because that's how we are, right? Like, oh man, no, it's foolish Facebook survivor fans who think Ken should have won because he won challenges. And now they're all like, Kellen! I think Ken should have won because he's a glorious human being. I mean, he's no Adam, but. <laughs> uh, anybody else that you enjoyed seeing this episode? Anyone stand out to you? I mean, it was largely the work of James that stood out with the sure. assist by Libby. But, you know, I, I again liked what uh, we got out of Stephanie. Um, you know, she seems very plucky. In a way that in the preseason, I, I assumed would be like incredibly annoying. Mm. But actually, I think it's going to serve her well. And I think it's serving her well edit wise. I think that she is, she and, you know, hopefully her partner in crime, Jenna, are the underdogs we're supposed to root for. And again, I thought Brendan did a good job of just kind of, you know, holding his tongue while people were trash talking his camp <laughs> and keep, they, they all, you know, all four of them did a good job keeping their head down. And no, not rocking the boat, not getting angry outwardly at these jerks that just moved into their house. Um, and you know, good for Michael for finding an idol, I guess. What do you got? Anybody for you? Um, the thing that stood out was that I missed my boy, Donathan. Um, my wife actually didn't even believe he was at tribal council. I had to pause the show and be <laughs> like, that's him back there, back row. Like she's serious. She's like, nah, that's someone else. I was like, look at his shirt. That's Donathan. And I was like, you know, rewinding. I'm like, look, look. And she finally, Came in like, oh, why isn't he talking? I was like, I don't know. I want to see him talk too. So, I mean, maybe uh, uh, in some uh, fairness to like Wendell, Morgan, Dominic, maybe they didn't realize that they'd be completely handing over any form, not only a majority, but putting themselves in a minority position because uh, Dominic wasn't in any seats with them. <laughs> Anytime they were talking with the former Malolos, uh, Donathan wasn't there. So maybe they're just like, oh, yeah, 3-3, three, three. Yeah, that's fine. We can work it out. Oh, we got a connection with Libby, and they kind of forgot that, oh, wait, there's a fourth. Yeah, Donathan ghosted the hell out of this episode. Um, Very appropriate. Indeed. Um, quickly, when we're just talking about other people, I just want to play a little game with you. I'm going to name three people uh, give you three names. I want you to try and figure out which of these people is not a cast member of this season. Go for so, it. Chelsea, Kathy, Laurel. Who you got? Uh, I do know that Laurel is All a right. cast member on this season. Correct. Um, and Chelsea is the other one because yes! she, she is the lone brunette. There you go. There is a person on the season named Chelsea, and I gotta say, it's come up a few times, and I'm like, well, yes, I think I remember a name by Chelsea. I cannot picture it at all. Yep. And, uh, I mean, even in her exit interview, Morgan was like, yeah, no, Chelsea wasn't talking. That was an accurate reflection of her. <laughs> the nothing you're getting out of her was a bang on it. I told you in the preview that it, for someone that was a cheerleader, 
she was weirdly like a flat affect person. Like she just had like this monotone thing going. She had like her whole job is to hype people up. And I was like, you are pretty boring for someone whose like role is to make me excited. I mean, two things. One, on the NBA, they're dancers. They're not cheerleaders. True. Respect. Uh, two, it's not like they talk. Uh, <laughs> they, they dance. The music is playing, you know. Maybe she just needs a t-shirt cannon in her hands. And there we go. She's without her props. She's having a hard time. She's just like, hey, my, jo- my job here is to dance a little bit and then wait for, uh, what, was it Red Panda to come out? What was the- Yes, Red Panda. There we go. With the giant uh, unicycle. That's right. Uh, uh, if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. I will endeavor at least every few episodes to just throw minor... Uh, Deep cut NBA references. That's our thing. Look, it's just what's going on in the little uh, spokes and wheels that are in this bed. All right. Uh, so the other thing we got this episode uh, I briefly touched on was Michael finding an idol, which brings us to our recurring segment this season, which is uh, obviously whenever they're finding things on the season, it is related to the past. And we wanted to rediscuss um, and, and sometimes maybe even relitigate what happened with that. And that was... One of James Clement's idols, which he famously did not play. James. How bad did James screw that one up? Oh. Yeah, there is there is <laughs> there is no other side to take in this. No. That was horrifically bad. Um he had three tribal councils left. He had two immunity idols. Like, bet on yourself, James. You you play one. And then you only have to win one of the next two immunity challenges and you're in final travel. Like, I, I don't get the logic behind not playing it. And frankly, there was no logic behind not playing it. I'm not entirely sure that James understood the concept of the immunity idol. Yeah, okay, so there's a couple things not in his defense, but I guess by means of explanation. Uh, one, James obviously thought he was in a secure alliance and... Um, did not quite understand what these things meant because he's not exactly a survivor student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose you could argue he had good reason for believing that he was in a good posi- uh, in good with that alliance because one member of that alliance did like hand him both one of the idols and the instructions to get the other idol. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I suppose that's a good way of building trust. Yep. But as you say, three left, two idols. I mean, you don't even really have to bet on yourself to win one, although you should, especially if you're, you know, James at that right. point in t- history of Survivor. Now, we know uh, now that he has never won an individual challenge, but this was, A, his first season, B, yep. uh, a different kind of Survivor. Uh, Survivor used to be a little bit more physical. I'm, I'm not going to do the research on how physical the China challenges themselves were. Uh, and C, again, if James doesn't really understand Survivor, I doubt he has the um, thought process of, oh, these challenges aren't going to be for me. But moreover, if you play an idol then, can you imagine the cojones that other tribe has to be like, okay, well, he's not going to play it now. We're going to blindside him tonight. I, I will say, though, the the nice thing about this is, and I said it, I tweeted it during the episode. When someone gets the James idol, there is no dispute as to whether that might be a fake idol. Because if you've ever seen Survivor, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not some shells in a string you found laying around. That's very clearly something that was placed here, even if you hadn't seen previous seasons. 
And, and you say seasons because it, you know the shot of James holding up two idols and not doing anything with them has been played multiple times in Survivor yes. history. Uh, you know, obviously when he comes back, and other times when they just talk about dumb decisions. Uh, you know, reunion shows. So yes, uh, that is um, a very identifiable landmark. And I mean, congratulations to them for getting James to give it up. <laughs> Because uh, I'm sure he prominently displays him in his home. Uh, and I mean, the other note of this one, um, not from James' perspective, because I agree, there's no other side. It was just a complete screw up. You should have been planning to play it at three, figuring that, you know, you either win the next week or just that's when you gamble. Uh, but this one isn't getting hidden in anybody's crotch. Well, I mean, unless you got something really unfortunate going on down there that left you a lot of room. <laughs> Um, and some people are like, well, how are you going to sneak that to tribal council? They have bags, people. The same way James did. James was able to bring two of them and apparently, you know, people not know about it. Uh, although everybody knew about it. Uh, one thought. So, uh, Chris goes to Ghost Island and again, nothing, right? Already making feel Ghost Island is such a dud that we didn't even think to talk about it. Oh, actually, we should talk about that real brief. Well, yeah, we should talk about how Chris Noble, they humanized him. They ruined it for us by humanizing him. That's not cool. And uh, before people start freaking out, it was like, oh, this means he's going deep. Now, sometimes the jerks get human moments, too. You know, uh, Kyle Jason got human moments, too. It's, yeah. Sometimes it's just that's what was going on at Ghost Island. So I'm not worried that this is going to mean anything about Chris becoming a hero or anything. Nah. But still, it was more depth than either of us wanted out of Chris Noble. Yeah, I, I need one-dimensional Chris Noble, and I need him to just have arrogance and then I need, eventually, the downfall episode. I mean, I wonder if just being on Ghost Island just flat, you know, knocked him so flat that there just wasn't anything. Like, this was it, man. He just suddenly had an existential crisis or whatever. And a lot of people were like, yeah, oh, man, crying, being away from your family. Ha, 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 I'd never be that. It's like, can, can we just hold it with the tough guy act? Yeah, they're like, maybe sometimes people just cry to release stress. I mean, I don't understand how that works, but I've read about it. So, I mean, it might not just be that he's, like, sobbing about missing his family. And if he is, whatever, good on you. It could be that uh, Survivor's a pretty stressful situation and he got a minor break from it. And it did some things to him. And good for him for being able to do it and talk about it on TV. But don't do it again, Chris Noble. I don't want that out of you. Nope. But uh, getting back, it's like, so he doesn't get to play the game. And, again, it makes Ghost Island already feel like nothing. I wonder, it's probably not the case, they probably have timed these things out, but I wonder if production was like, oh, no, 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 make that one a dud, because we already have our nostalgia moment for this season once Michael found that idol. For this episode, you mean? For this episode, correct. Yeah. So that's something uh, I just, maybe look ahead, if we ever get two in one episode, or if, like, every time somebody finds an idol, there's not going to be anything going on at Ghost Island. Interesting conspiracy theory here. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, obviously, I'm not generally somebody who traffics in conspiracy theories i'm the person who uh insults people who enjoy themselves that way because how dare they uh but this is yeah it doesn't feel that long a bridge that far it's just like yeah we're gonna play these eventually it's just not a big deal to swap today for tomorrow just like they sometimes have to do with challenges um all right uh i guess it's time for predictions Mm-hmm. and who do you have what's are we, are we doing one per tribe Bumper tribe. We don't, we're not guess which one, although I have a pretty good feeling of which tribe might go. Uh, but, uh, let's start with the tribe that went to tribal council this time, Navidi. Uh, as I laid out, I think the next move is to take out Angela. 
because it keeps the imbalance going. It, you know, completely dodges Dominic's idol. And again, it's not that much of a worry that like Chris Noble is going to take over the gate, Chris Noble and Angela. Uh, but it's more like we, you don't know what's going on with those other former Navidian members. If it was truly split down the line of like team Chris versus team Dominic, although I doubt either team would identify themselves as that. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, just keep taking out people from both sides so that when a merge comes, they, there might not be numbers either way. So I would target Angela as my own personal move, and I'm going to say that that's what they're going to do uh, anyway. That would be the smarter thing to do, and James has demonstrated he has some capacity for doing the smart things. I just want it to be the Chris Noble downfall episode. I'm ready. It's it's right in that bag sweet spot of you know four episodes in. Let's let's do it. Let's give an entire Chris Noble downfall episode. Don't even try the red herring thing. Just all Chris, start to finish. We know it's going to be him. Just watch him crash and burn. Well, what would be beautiful about that is it could really be a double crash and burn. Because in the same time, Dominic plays his idol for himself. Yes. It would be glorious. That's what I'm saying. Is This is what I want from Chris. And I think... He's got it in him. He he has the ability to give us that Droosh bag episode, the San Juan del Sur special, the only interesting episode from San Juan del Sur. I think he can do it. The finale was interesting. I don't want to get all camper okay, on I, you here. I may have been engaging in some hyperbole there. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you steal my shtick. Um, okay, uh, what do you got for the other tribe? Uh, I'm going to go with Jenna, just because of that group... I don't know if they'll end up targeting Michael. Actually, Michael was the other one that I debated them targeting. But I just don't feel like Michael would give Jenna the idol, even if he thought maybe they were going to play it on her or that try to put the votes on her. So I'm saying Jenna. Yeah, see, I think the former Navidi members of Malolo are doomed to failure. Uh, just the edit makes it feel like they they made us hate them. Uh, I don't know if they do that uh, and then them be successful the very next episode. Uh, I think Bradley's going home. I think that's what every part of the edit of what's going on that beach is about. It's just like, this is why these guys lose. It's because they're arrogant and he's the most arrogant. So obviously what I'm thinking is that the idol... Uh, I, comes into play. And again, they highlighted that as a big uh, motivator. We got to do something with this idol. Already in the previews, we see our hero, Stephanie, worrying, but she's not going to give up. Um, so I think either, and, and frankly, who goes to Exile Island won't really even matter in that. It's just, and I would say that it was probably, it would probably be benefit the former Malolos if one of them goes, because right, then that's take one less person. Target. Yeah. yeah, one less person to worry about uh, the idols. And, you know, how they uh, get the right person. Maybe the other tribe is just like, oh, we got to get rid of Michael. He's the strongest. Which, I mean, that idea has already been floated by, you know, some Survivor players. Uh, but maybe it's something as simple as the former Navidis on Malolo are stupid enough to make it obvious. And um, that feels like something that could happen. And so let's move on to some plugs here. Of course, you should know by now. Our website is purplerockpodcast.com. Live blogs every week, fantasy game going on, standings updated every week. Uh, we do secret scenes on Mondays. So if you haven't caught the secret scenes yet, our boy Taco goes through and picks out the best of the best for you. So you don't have to search through all of them. Um, what else do we have up there? Other things? This podcast, for one. Yeah. Uh, 
I honestly wasn't listening. I kind of tuned out. Hey, as I often do to you. <laughs> but I would hope so, frankly. Uh, so on Twitter, I am Purple Rock Andy. You are Purple Rock John, and the site is Purple Rock Pod. You can find the uh, podcast both on our website and your you know, friendly podcatchers such as iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. And if you ever want to leave us a review, that'd be cool. Uh, we might even see it one day. Eventually, when we check in iTunes every six months. <laughs> Uh, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. Let's hit some theme music. Now you rest eternally sleepy. You burn when you creep me. Rest where the worms in the week be. My nine flies, baptized, rap guys. With the Holy Ghost, I put holes in most. You hold your toes shaky.